I know, but we're not a bunch of prima donna prim- princess. I don't think that's, I don't think that staying in like an like a an old Airbnb cabin and on the lock is being a princess. We're not going to go to the we're not going to stay at a hotel in Edinburgh and drive three hours to go to the lock. We'll stay on the lock. We got to stay. Thing, a- first thing, I want to let you know that you. I'm very very proud of you for saying Edinburgh instead of Edinburgh. No, who do you think I am? Well, I've learned that from some of the people I've worked with who have been there, and they say, "Oh, it's Edinburgh." Not Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah, well, especially for Massachusetts, you would want to say Edinburgh, like Mal. Marlborough. So, all right. Welcome to the Dylan and Joe Basement Podcast. We're Dylan and Joe, and we're also just as aware as you are that there's a humped leviathan lurking in Scotland. We're going to try to take a new approach in this one. Joe? That's right. We're we're thinking with our dipsticks today. We're thinking with our dipsticks, and we're going to the lock. We're talking about Nessie herself, the Loch Ness Monster, one of the most famous uh, cases of trying to find the mysteries of the unknown. (laughs) So we're going back into the weirdo territory today, but we're going to um, talk about what Nessie is, uh, what the lock is, and what's the truth behind all this crazy stuff. What's going on there in the lock? Loch Ness. It's the official uh, category for this type of thing is cryptocurrency. Yes, that's right. We did an episode on it in the past, and uh, we're going back for round two. So if all you guys lost money on your AMC stocks and GameStop, don't worry about it. We're yeah. doing cryptocurrency again this week. Just kidding. We're doing this is more along lines of cryptozoology and the cryptid. Absolutely right. And this is a perfect example of what that is. We are referencing a joke from was that episode five or six with our special guest that we're going to mention again. Andrew, get Andrew, in, Andrew, he's Pat, Andrew get every episode. He's up on the screen. We got to get that. We got to get that picture of him having a sip. We got to get that up like we always do. Of the um, and as always, but yeah. So yeah, exactly. That whole idea is uh, cryptozoology is a, the study of mythical animals that may or may not have existed or do exist today. What we call them individually are cryptids, and that's what Loch Ness um, is home to. We believe is uh, the cryptid, one of the most famous cryptid in the world. We we're talking about earlier. Maybe it's Bigfoot, maybe it's Loch Ness Monster, but it's, uh, yeah, the Loch Ness Monster. As other, other cryptids around the world, like we talked about, the Chupacabra, the, the Yeti, and that's what it is. So that's where cryptids are. It's, a, it's not really a hard science. It's more of like a, uh, you know, a system of categorizing this, this idea. And a lot of people do um, dedicate their lives to trying to find these mysterious beasts that there is no, um, uh, none of them are in zoos. In other words, you, you, you can't just find them so easy. You have to go hunting for them. And a lot of people mm. dedicate their lives to the, finding cryptids. Some of the cool things is just because there's been a widespread of technology and this type of thing. Um, yeah, these were there's more cameras we have. Like you said, Chupacabra. <laughs> fuck off. Chupacabra, <laughs> Bigfoot, all these type of things. Um, they're now becoming, people are more interested in these things because as we've mentioned in our pods before, some of the things that we don't know is the history that's yet to be discovered. So sure. Chupacabra, uh, Loch Ness Monster, New Bigfoot, aliens, you name it. 
New Jersey Devil, Mothman. Uh, is that the same thing? The, the I mean, they're they're ape. a little close, but far. Mm-hmm. The Skunk Ape, um, Ogopogo, which I believe is in, is like the Chinese version of the Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of these type of things, and and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But now we have more access to more information, so people sure. are starting to take this people a little more seriously because they're not. When there are thousands and thousands of sightings, you have to think that at least yeah, one or two of those are probably something that is unexplainable. So here we are today talking about Nessie or Nessies. Or Nessies. So the Loch Ness Monster is our topic for today's show. We thought we'd go into a little bit about um, what people believe this cryptid is, uh, where it's from, and um, like we said, what's going on with it? Where do you want to start? Yeah. Uh, we want to start by thanking the Scottish for producing always a fucking fine bottle of liquor for us to drink on the show. Um, Joe, uh, what are you drinking today? I'm going with the, the staple all day IPA by Founders Brewery. Joe sure. never, ever, ever changes. And that's totally cool. The all day IPA is exactly like for war, I never thing. change. Unlike war, he never changes. Unlike Nessie, he never changes. That's um, right. For but, me, uh, I'm drinking. I'm drinking Sponsor us. I mean, come on. He's giving you a shout out every week. This is the first week we're talking about the every Scotland. We're talking about send Scotland. Me, send me a bottle. You guys are Talisker Storm. You guys are from. This is a, a, a bottle from one of the islands, I believe, of the Islay, uh, and it's your. It's one of your PD bottles, and we just love this. And this is for poor people like me, um, because the, the next bottle is. Hit the bagpipes. That's birthday, and all as well as we're brought to you by our 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 viewers and our guests, and we just can't thank you guys enough, and we're excited to share. Our passion for Nessie with you. The, our passion for Nessie dates way back. Passion for Nessie, Joe this is, and this I. This is a topic to, that we've uh, gone over countless times in the long past. Fucking the long goddamn time. Uh, since probably around the year 2000, 2001. Yeah, somewhere that. around there. I mean, the computer lab is still had um, floppy disks, so it's got to be at least uh, 2000. Yeah, if we were going to get kicked out of the computer lab, it was for making inappropriate images on paint. And we happened to do one on Nessie. Yeah. Joe and I. Years before we made a podcast, we we were still collaborating. (laughs) uh, Yeah, and we had an alien drawn by hand with a cowboy hat on and a lasso riding Nessie uh, in 2001. So we were right on schedule for where we need to be. Yeah, rarely seen footage, I think, is the the title. Not just, we couldn't stop it, just an alien or just Nessie. Alien cowboy riding Mm -hmm. a Nessie. Yeah, I think he had a lasso. uh, He was was riding like like a bucking bronco Mm -hmm. riding Nessie there. And obviously, we'll have that picture up for you, folks. And if not, you'll have to use your imagination, but we'll we'll get up there. Yeah, we'll get that up. Just uh, just make sure that you don't steal that image because it's ours. That's that's our property, right? You don't steal that unless you yeah. name us specifically. In fact, we're gonna put a watermark on so, it. So, Dylan Joe Basement Podcast, property of us. I think you were describing what Nessie is or what we believe it to be, just so we have an, an idea of what the fuck we're talking about here. Yeah, exactly, because we we sort of have a idea about the what the fuck we're talking about, but we're talking about something that really looks like a plesiosaur, based off of that one picture that has come out about it. 
And a plesiosaur is uh, a particular dinosaur that really hasn't been around for 65 million years, right? More than that, even. Um, when I was looking into plesiosaurs, because I always heard that it looked like this. So picture what we're, we're all thinking Nessie is. Big, long neck, aquatic reptile kind of deal is what people mostly think the Loch Ness Monster is. The plesiosaur is just that. It's a, uh, it's, it's a dinosaur back from the Jurassic period, which is um, the middle period of the three large periods that have all the dinosaurs in them. Most of the dinosaurs you're thinking of are not from the Jurassic period, unlike the movie Jurassic Park or the book will show you that Jurassic Park should have been called Cretaceous Park, in other words. Uh, so yeah, they, they survived in the, uh, the Jurassic period. <laughs> they have um, flippers instead of feet so that they wouldn't be very good at walking on land, but it makes it easy for them to swim around. <clears throat> Um, but they are reptiles. So much like uh, our today's crocodilians, they need to breathe air. They, they need to surface every so often to keep breathing. They don't have gills like a fish. So a lot of tales that are told about Nessie is that Nessie can stay under the water for so long and they can, that's why you can't find Nessie. But really, it would be like finding an alligator in Florida where it has to rise up to the top at some point. It has to breathe air, even if you're uh, really good at holding in breath. But yeah, and even though it seems like that would be the most likely explanation for what Nessie might be, because it looks like dead on accurate for what the photo looks like of what this thing uh, could be. Um, yeah, they went extinct during the Jurassic period. So not only have they been extinct for well over 100 million years, they were extinct before most dinosaurs you ever knew ever existed. So there was no such thing as a Triceratops, uh, Tyrannosaurus rex, Iguanodon, all those, all those uh Dinosaurs existed millions and millions of years after the plesiosaurs went extinct. So even the dinosaurs themselves were brand new compared to a plesiosaur. Um, I think it was about 20 to 40 million years between the last plesiosaur fossil that we found, the last dated one, and when you start to see things like uh, a Tyrannosaurus around. And between the last Tyrannosaurus and us is something like 65 million years. So we're looking at Almost 200 million years ago, the plesiosaurs were swimming around, and they weren't swimming around in lakes, as far as we know. They were swimming around in the, in the big lake, the big ocean. Yeah, and to to put some context on, the plesiosaur was invented in like three like 300 million years ago. So they had at least a hundred <laughs> million. They first year. invented it. Yeah. <laughs> they had like a hundred million years of time on this earth, which had, has hum, humans have had what forty thousand. So um, yeah, they've we're had, talking they've about had fucking... a lot of time. They they were around for a long, long time, longer than yeah. any stretch of time we've talked about in the show. Really, yeah, just millions yeah. of years. Yep, exactly. So that's just one little thing. So that's just but so the thing is based off the sightings that we've seen, the plesiosaur looks the most to be what people are seeing these days they're seeing i mean if you're gonna draw nessie you're drawing a plesiosaur it's like a one-to-one comparison no question you're drawing something that has elephant-like skin a neck that resembles an elephant's trunk with a head on the top of it a neck that don't Um, quit a neck that don't quit um about the length of a school bus which is about uh you know it would take three gorillas to bench press one plesiosaur (laughs) (laughs) our math checks out yeah, our math checks out uh, one to two to three gorillas, depending on the gorilla, but to bench press one of these things. And uh, and that's the thing. But you guys know that. I don't think there's a human being on this planet. I'm yeah, sure I mean, I think is. most people have an idea of what, of what uh, Nessie looks like in their head. And yeah, it's pretty similar. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So that's the situation. Um, 
That's what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with a plesiosaur, maybe. Who, who knows? Hard to well, say. Well, it could be. There's some other dude who put out recently on iHeartRadio.com mm-hmm. uh, their own thing uh, that he thinks this is a turtle, which is turtle. cool. That's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, could be a turtle. Some of these sightings could be. Um, they've seen that they they literally could be a swimming elephant. There's so many speculations on what this actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, I thought we were gonna go in, into more like uh, the the story because I'll be I'll be willing to tear apart Nessie and all the other cryptids for you right now. But I thought we were gonna save that for later before I started tearing apart all let's, the bullshit let's stories. It. Okay, no, 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 yeah, yeah, we got plenty of stories. Let, let's go into the part where we still it. believe, or I still believe rather, that Nessie does exist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're yeah. finding it before I go into because you want to talk about what the, possibly it is. We can just tear the shit apart before we get started here. I don't want to do that. I, I agree, hundred no percent. So let's get moving. You start us up. So Loch Ness, um, it exists in the Scottish Highlands. It's in the northern part of Scotland. Um, we call it a lake because we pronounce it correctly here in the U.S. of A. Not a lock. 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 But that's basically what the word lock means. It means lake. Um, and it is the biggest lake in Scotland by volume. It's not the widest from end to end, but it has the most water in it uh, of any lake, which does kind of add to the tale of Nessie where this giant creature uh be a picture of fish in a fishbowl uh, or goldfish the larger the water you have the more room you have for this thing to survive and if you had a little puddle or a pond there's no possible way a, a, a creature this large should survive inside it so part of the legend is that the lake is so big that maybe there's possibly you know parts of it we haven't seen yet and there could be creatures in the deep that we, we can't notice because it's such a deep lake did you say it, how deep it was yet i'm i'm about to it the okay all point, right <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize how deep it was until I went and looked into it more. It's pretty deep, boys and girls. This point is seven hundred and fifty-five feet, or or one hundred and twenty-six fathoms for you uh, non-land lovers out there. And for you deep. Americans who can't do anything like that, isn't in miles. That's little over half. Well, mile. I did it in feet, so that might be pretty easy to figure. I think thirteen hundred feet is a mile, right? Thirteen fifty. Uh, there are five thousand feet a mile. The the deepest part is seven hundred fifty-five feet. Okay. All right. So um, I contradict. I, I'm the idiot American because I thought a mile was 1,300 oh. feet. Oh, oh, oh. So well, I, um, I found it in meters, but I changed it to feet because you know we got the American audience. So I was like, wait, oh, let's get yeah. it. Yeah. Right. We're sure about this though, because I feel like 5,000 feet's a mile, not 1,300. Yes, 5,000 feet. Yeah. I hope I no like, one I think it's 5,280 feet, something like that. I hope no one sees this podcast because it shows how fucking smart I am when it comes to feet. <laughs> we're not experts you know we're just fucking telling you what we Wait, know i didn't go to school for math i don't know i didn't go know. to school to learn about go, feet for i didn't go to sake. i didn't go to feet school i, I didn't to, go to school at all all right i didn't go to school yeah. <laughs> exactly went to business school for two years and stuff so yeah i mean that, that blew my mind how deep that is because 800 feet we're talking about like skyscraper territory now you could you could drop um, major buildings down there was the story is usually around 10 feet. So that would be about, uh, what, 80, 80 stories? That's fucking deep. Yeah, try swimming that, boys and girls. No, Don't care you. how many breath lessons you have about how to free dive. You ain't getting down that. You ain't free diving that deep, boy. I'll tell you, nah. Nope. I mean, you ain't going to free dive that deep, boy. <laughs> <laughs> we got to switch our accents to the, uh, the Scottish accent. 
and and uh, it's yeah. and, and it's cold and incredibly dark i mean literally with you can't see you can barely see your hand in front of it type of situation yeah i imagine you get probably 20 30 feet down in a, in a lake especially with the overcast that scotland usually has it's not exactly a tropical paradise you probably wouldn't be able to see like you said your hand in front of your face that deep now take that multiply it by 10 and then triple it and now you're talking about the deepest part of the lake that's fucking dark and deep and who knows and it came in i mean i'm i don't you didn't say yet but it came in because it's it's on a fault it's another one of the faults great glen oh i didn't realize the great Glen fault that is you know again uh the great Glen fault was invented another you know is it Glen or glen uh great glen like great in, uh, great glen gotcha yeah. just in a one great <laughs> mm-hmm. one great one glen <laughs> One great, one Glenn. Not the great, great Glenn. That's something else. Not the great Glenn. Um, not the great Glenn. Glenn great. Glenn the great. Glenn Greenwald. Just one Glenn. One great. One Glenn. One um, fault. The only one fault. Fault. Yep. Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, is, and it's we, also connected to the Atlantic Ocean from its outflow in the River Ness. I think there's three or four rivers lead into it, and then one leads out to the ocean, and that's the River Ness. And it's named after the loch, Loch Ness, and then River Ness. Uh, again, the Scottish way to say things. We would call it the Ness River, but they call it the River Ness. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides that, what I realized is that um, there was a couple of small villages around the loch um, in the past, you know, however many hundreds of years. I mean, you can see in my picture here, that's the remnants of um, castles that used to dot the loch um, back when you had to defend Scotland from other people in Scotland. And all is that of- Urquhart Castle? Yeah. It is. Yes, that's right. Classic. Uh, Which is really cool. If I went to the Mm -hmm. lock to find Nessie, I'd definitely go check out that uh, Urquhart Castle or however. I'll put the Mm -hmm. spelling up here. Um, But it was after the the discovery or the the reporting of seeing this monster, the Loch Ness monster, that it really blew up. And now the population is super uh, skyrocketed in the past less than 100 years from everyone, from all the tourism coming in and people wanting to... uh, visit the, the lock and people who have fallen in love with the, with the lake itself and want to go live there. So there's a lot more people who live around Loch Ness now than there ever was before Nessie. So at the very least, Nessie's brought in a, a good a chunk for the Scottish economy. And some good people too, right? Like uh, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> right. I'm serious. First of all, I didn't know Charlie Sheen <laughs> is there, but then also you're using him as the the good person comparison. Yeah, it's brought in a lot of people like Charlie Sheen. Yeah, a lot of real gems in the area like Charlie <laughs> Sheen. I'm, I'm sure he was super respectful to all the locals. when He, uh, he did spend, I don't, it doesn't have a whole lot of details, but he did do his own expedition to find Loch Ness Monster. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta check this out. Yeah, he's too, he should have gone and visited the Yeti and a lot more snow for him up there in the Himalayas. Yeah, right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the uh, Charlie Sheen uh, uh, stripper Loch Ness Monster expedition uh, full of <laughs> what's, what's her name? And... What's her name again? Nessie? Oh, it's okay. All right. Yeah, exactly. I love the idea. Of... <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. We're going to talk about the explorers later. All these the scientific researchers trying to find Nessie, and then we, we bring up Charlie Sheen. That's who I want. That's my guy. And he goes, guys, step aside. I got this. <laughs> you haven't been trying hard enough. I got tiger blood. I'm going to find this fucking cryptid if I had last thing I do. Yeah, I've been through, yeah, exactly. So that's the lock, everybody. This is this that's is the lock. lock in Scotland. You know, we know it's just geography, and some of you guys get a real hard on for that. Some of us don't. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's, it's deep, and it connects to the ocean. I think that's one of the main uh, things people hang their head on when they say, how the fuck could a giant dinosaur live in a lake? Well, they say it's a really deep lake and it's connected to the ocean. So it kind of adds more. So it just uh, makes sense, right? 
Yeah, I mean, at least at least adds credence to the argument <clears throat> because if it was just a little pond with no access to the ocean, you'd be like, "This is a complete bullshit lie." But it adds more questions because uh, it adds more possibilities to the the legend of the lock. Legend of the lock. So, will you tell us about some of the people who went hunting for Nessie? Um, <clears throat> so. I don't have a, I have one, I've got two people. Mm -hmm. Oh no, you said you wanted to go back more in the past before we're going to do a little chronological situation before we go into that, because that's, uh, that's a a whole nother situation. So, um, the interesting thing is that like, so this is my perspective on this whole thing. And based off of my reading of a specific book, um, called Nessie explanation point. Um, (laughs) the in light. Yeah, it's a free, uh, free Kindle Unlimited book, and uh, the book itself um, is written by a guy who's quite enthusiastic about the subject. And he's more. The thing is, I was I was telling Joe before the pod started, if my Kindle would fucking unlock, um, is that this guy is quite passionate about a different side of Nessie, and he's trying to make this a different type of. Um, book like not this that the facts and this is what it is um backstage nessie the untold story man so i got exactly so i got a lot of facts from this guy named nick redfern shout out to you nick redfern we hope you're watching the pod man i think it was a great book um uh nessie exclamation point uh exploring the supernatural origins of the loctus monster and no offense nick but i uh i have a hard time um reading so the supernatural um (laughs) origins maybe just think like oh, okay cool we're gonna go through the whole story yeah, but yeah. supernatural really, origins right Nick that, really oh yeah dude he goes way down the dark hole rabbit hole of like he's genuinely connecting this to aliens the mm. pyramids gotcha, literally yeah. aliens pyramids uh stonehenge it is uh, funny how these things all tend to mix together a lot of subjects we cover they have intersection between them when people are like hey there's ancient aliens and that's directly connected to nessie and bigfoot uh, it's a flat earther. It's like they, they wrap it all in one cave. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the best argument for Nessie's existence is the looking into, you know, the physical attributes of the lake and what we have for sightings and looking into mm-hmm. what this, this creature truly is. To me, when you start to say, well, obviously this is a paranormal explanation. Well, now, now you're throwing it out the window that it has to be magic. That just kind of takes away from me. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, so uh, we're going to get to that in a second. So <clears throat> with his paranormal thing is that um, his overall feeling on, on the situation is that this is just like aliens. It just like if you go to CE5, which is um, uh, the most relevant aliens topic we talk about now, we're not going to go there, um, but that this is an energy type of phenomenon where it's like a, a shapeshifter or whatever it is, just like aliens, just like Bigfoot, just like Nessie, just like f- fucking whatever it is, um, is an energy phenomenon based off of the supernatural. And I'm not sure that's where we're going at the moment, but we'll figure it out together as a group. So um, that's why we're here today. So the thing that I have come to understand about this is that through his book, which is really well documented, the first couple of chapters of what's going on mm-hmm. is that this story about Nessie and about something that is gray, that is a long neck that looks like a plesiosaur, 
that swims in the lake and sometimes walks on land mm. is uh, is relatively consistent for almost a thousand goddamn Scottish years. And it's not necessarily just uh, unique to Loch Ness. Mm. The, Scottish, the Scottish folklore, which again, there's always some truth to these things. We know that just like the Bible and other scripture, it try to, tries to teach you some lessons. Sure. But... Um, and they've got their own thing with their local people and they tell stories and that type of stuff. Um, things like giant worms and dragons and, mm. and warlocks are like nothing new to these people. Yeah. So the first real documented thing um, that I was able to come across about the Loch Ness Monster is in the 1100s. And it was called the... Do the accent. Uh, I can't do it. Joe, help me out here. Can you say Linton Worm in a Scottish accent, please? I don't know. I, I can't. Was it Linton Worm? Linton Worm. The Linton Worm. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so that's exactly what I was like. The Linton Worm. <laughs> so there was a beast that terrified Linton Roxburghshire in the southern uplands of Scotland, which is a whole oh, big sounds like a quite twister, a destination twister of geography. Yeah. Um, southern uplands of Scotland. <laughs> so, and it's in Linton, Roxburghshire. Yeah. Um, oh boy. And Those are United Kingdom townships and shit. It's like I live in the village in the town of the county of the shire of the state of the country. It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just tell us the name where you live. Yeah, things that make sense. Uh, the grid pattern of Manhattan, not this. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think they added letters in, you know, just to make it more exciting for a lot of the Scottish names. I'm like, Jesus, hell of a thing to it's say. Better than fucking street names in the United States. Conger Street, <laughs> kill me. Um, First Street, get over yeah. yourself. Right. So, <laughs> oh yeah, you take a left at the sheep, and you then you're, you know, like that type of shit. So. Um, <laughs> So this is a beast. This is a beast that fits the description of the Loch Ness Monster we know that lived both in the Linton Lock mm. as well as Linton They have their Hill. own lock. Many mm -hmm. locks. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's got their own. But of all of the locks in Scotland combined, like you said, equal or are not even as, as, as big in volume as the uh, Loch Ness. So... Um, they're all dark, boggy, sometimes foggy places that you can't really see into. They're fucking cold. <laughs> dark and boggy, sometimes foggy, foggy, super soggy locks. It sounds like a kid's cartoon. A tiny toony. So I'm going to try to make this one short. The Linton worm mm -hmm. came out of the lock and went onto land and it went into its own cave in Linton Hill. And that's so was it, it really did. like a worm as we picture it? like a like it has no legs or did this one have legs like we think that Nessie does too? Uh, I do not. And is it worm like W Y R M like the old spelling of like the mythical beast worm or it's worm like an earthworm? Uh, specifically, it's worm like Alaskan bullworm. <laughs> the Alaskan bullworm. As for SpongeBob and as for Sandy, that way they can identify our bodies. <laughs> It was an Alaskan bullworm! Also, the Alaskan bullworm is quite big. So, the Alaskan bullworm, very similar to the Linton worm. Except it was more malicious. And what it did is it would slither its fucking way out of the Linton lock, eat the farm animals, and the fields. And then it 
and then it wants it more. That was a British accent. And then everybody in Linton was kind of lock your children, lock your wives, don't leave, get the farm animals in the barn. Worms eating everybody out here. Ain't good. Ain't good here. It's 1100. We're fucked. Uh, and then uh, they're rip shit. They're scared until John Somerville came to town. John Somerville. This fucking guy went to the Linton Hill to the Worms Den and plunged a flaming ski- spear right into its throat. Hell yes. That's how you he said, kill a worm. We ain't going to let them eat our sheep no more or it. Um, and the story is it didn't die. Um, it, it, sorry, he fucked, fucking screwed that thing up. And it, oh, retreat, no. it retreated really quickly into its hill and never saw it again. And there's a statue of this fucking guy named John Somerville at the Linton Church. It's a statue of him fighting two beasts. So that's the first story. Wow. The second one is um, <clears throat> there's a 900-year gap between the Linton worm and the 1520 sighting. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean anything. That just means that people did not, they either forgot the the um, stories that people it told. It means something though, right? <laughs> no, it fucking doesn't. It means that people forgot. It means there's a long period of time that no one had any physical record of their- You know what? It's like, you know, it's like when you have to like do public speaking at work on something, some stuff- and you just don't want to study that type of thing. You don't talk about it. So these people were all terrified of the Linton worm. Mm. So they didn't want to bring it up anymore. They saw there's some other worms or some other dragons or some other Loch Ness monsters. And they're just going to take 900 years off of talking about it. All right. <laughs> I can't even take an hour after talking about shit. They take 900 years off. Okay. It really scares you, man. You got PTSD in the DNA. It travels through generations. No, that's what it has to be, right? It has to be generational, <laughs> especially then 900 yeah. I know that's more than nine, nine especially like when nine of my order. grandma. It's not that many people, so that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I'm saying so. What you're saying is that it doesn't mean anything. I think it does mean something, but it doesn't mean that they that there was no worms in the meantime. There very well could be. We just didn't know. That's about what them. I'm people, saying. People didn't. That's say, exactly no, what I'm but, saying. Oh no, yeah, I was trying to more clarify because I think that's plenty what you were, of Linton that's worms. What you're insinuating, like no, 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 there could still be. Yeah, but it does mean something. It means that no one either saw them or mentioned them for 900 years. It means something. Or they sacrificed one child every hundred years in the Linton. That would have been back to the hill, oh, and it just. I wish that was part of the story. <laughs> they wouldn't <laughs> tell you that because it wasn't the contract with the worms was not to disclose this information. Yeah, so we don't know. We don't know. That we very don't. well could be. It could be a worm uh, non-disclosure be. agreement they made with the worm. And <laughs> NDA signed when the worm enterprise. He didn't die when George or John Stanford, whatever his name was. That does make the story much more interesting. That it didn't actually die. It just didn't die. Just like every good horror movie, they don't do the final mm-hmm. blow. Smash his exactly. head in. Just fucking obliterate that fucker and hang him from the you church. Gotta, yeah. Right? Right. Anyways. Like in a movie. But we're talking about a real worm. Um, I mean, that is important to bring up that, that people did believe, um, especially uh, way back then in the 1100s, that dragons existed and they were living amongst us. And even one of the you know, amazing tales of St. George was that he slayed all the dragons in England. Isn't that right? Or he slayed the last of the dragons. Um, yes. And that's exactly what <clears throat> I was going with in the 1500s here is that, ah, I see. so right. So I kind of confused my, my, my timeline here is that, mm-hmm. um, uh, so, <clears throat> so that guy, so basically that story that I just told comes like one year after this story. So St. George specifically he slayed or St. Patrick kind of a combination of them did the dragons and the snakes in those areas. And one of those of seems like a lot more difficult than the other one. I'd rather be the snake slayer than the dragon slayer. I mean, snakes don't even breathe fire. St. Patrick had it easy in comparison. Yeah, but snakes are boring. Dragons are cool. That's true. 
that's a fact. That's true. It's a, it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. And uh, yeah, I'm just saying you... it seems more difficult to slay a dragon than to get rid of a bunch of uh, garter snakes. It's not like they had anacondas in Ireland. <laughs> that's true. And that the snakes were the snakes were likely brought there from like another country too. It was like a yeah. big thing. and also like, there might not have ever been snakes. Let's so not look too much into. Let's not go crazy here. But I just I have slayed to say all the frost. <clears throat> that's what they say. Odin slayed all the frost giants. That's why there's no more frost giants in uh, Scandinavia. Of course, you know, hard to say. <laughs> so if I if I could be episode anybody, six. episode six. If I was um, able to pick it between snakes and dragon mm-hmm. i'd be shrek no question so you know mm-hmm. like <clears throat> oh go go stop all the snakes in ireland that's cool we need that that's great yeah. but or hey we need one guy who's got balls of fucking steel you're probably mm-hmm. gonna die and hopefully you're gonna be a- steal too because that's gonna be hot, hot. and you're gonna have to slay a dragon i'd sign up for that yeah it is way cool way fucking cooler it just seems more difficult though but anyways so anyways so right before the 1524 bullshit that i was just telling you about is just like that that was like the final slaying of a dragon um Mm. some crazy shit happened and it's in it's in uh help me with this one it's in book two chapter xxviii so 1010522 so i guess that is 27 book 27 of saint adominus Vita Columbe, which might be in the Bible, might be in some other Scottish book. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like a book of the Bible that I'm familiar with, but it very well might be. I don't think be. so either. So anyway, so in the year 624, he, <laughs> this this dude he's he's was eventually Saint Columba in the Christianity. Oh wait a um, minute, you're, you're you're unwrapping my my timeline here too. I thought we were going upwards I from know. the year 1100. We were talking about 1100. You weren't talking about 1100 BC. You're talking about 1100 no. AD. And now we're talking now, about 400 years earlier, right? I know. We're trying to That's here. all right. No, I, I just wanted to keep it all straight in my head because I thought we were talking. I thought for some reason it would be after it. But I, yeah, I, I imagine that. Yeah, I thought so too, based on the way I wrote it. But yeah. but but um, but this guy. Uh, St. George. St. Columba. Oh, St. Columba. Sorry. Yeah. So he was an abbot from Ireland who mm-hmm. in 565 visited Loch Ness in the mm-hmm. province of Pixt. Pict, 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 um, and that's all cool. He had no intention of stuff, but he had to cross the lock. Mm. Um, on his way, something he noticed was some folks were burying a boy. Oh, I see. Sad shit, bullshit situation. Um, and so he asked, what's up with the situation with this boy being buried or whatever it was, he's kind of fucked up. And, um, and the boy was, <laughs> and they were like, yo, it's five twenty-seven. What do you think happened? He caught a cold. He's fucking dead. Happens yeah, pretty much actually. Um, <laughs> I mean, but, people definitely look twice when kids are getting buried now more than they did back then. You know, yeah. Back then that's just how way. it went down. Um, yeah. the fact that me and you are here today is mind blowing. Um, yeah. so he, uh, the boy got snatched by a sea monster in the Loch Ness. He, some monster came out and, and bit him enough to kill him. A Loch Ness monster. That's got to be one of the the earliest sighting of, of 565 a in Loch Ness. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the interesting thing is, this is where this book is doing its thing. Just saying. Um, they're all mad this happened. I don't blame them. And sure. he, um, so not him, not Saint Columba. I don't remember his. I don't know if I'm sure he has a real name. He. Um, they took a boat out to go avenge the death of this boy. Mm-hmm. And they went out there. Then some guy got out of the boat and decided to go swim in the Loch Ness. 
I don't mm. know if it was to go Balls try to move. trigger the monster or whatever it is. And I sure enough, beef. yeah, sure enough, the monster submerged with a roar like nothing else, mouth open. Dude shits his pants, swims back to the boat. It roared. Doesn't make it to the boat, turns around, makes the sign of a cross with his arms in the lock. This monster retreats back to the lock. Signs preserve us. Oh, the, oh, you had the fear of God they put in the Loch Ness Monster. Mm-hmm. Back, ye devils. Yeah, so this proves that Loch Ness Monster doesn't like the sign of the cross, mm-hmm. according to St. Loch Ness Monster is definitely demonic. We all know that. Well, weird you say that. So um, that's the first, like, sighting in history is that, like, mm-hmm. the Linton Worms 1100s, this is 900 years before that. Mm-hmm. Then there's the 1520 sighting. That is kind of just a sighting by David Rose Murray. Um, and then claims that that the Scottish dragon was slaughtered. And then we're going to move on to more recent days. 18 years after my house was built, a funny story, which gives a lot of information about current day Loch Monster sightings. Mm. People go apeshit because this fucking giant monster washes washes ashore in 1868 in Loch Ness. 1868 now. 1868. Washed up ashore, you say, huh? Yeah, no, it's been washed Turns out it was a something called a bottlenose whale. Mm-hmm. And Is that something like, uh, I'd imagine it's kind of like a dolphin, right? It's kind of like a whale. <laughs> <laughs> With a bottlenose, if that helps. So, so yeah, almost like if a bottlenose dolphin was a whale instead of a dolphin. Okay, I follow. It's really kind of like a whale with a bottlenose, I think. So we can I get a that. picture up because I know for a fact that neither of us know what this actually looks like, but it's a bottlenose whale. Uh, Bottle. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up right whale. now while you're talking. So I can okay, look this fucking shit up. So, um, and so that so first off, they think is a sea monster. Uh-huh. It's clearly a whale. And it looks ex- it looks exactly like a dolphin. It, it, it's almost identical to a dolphin. It just okay, has guys. a bigger it has a bigger forehead and a and a, like a tinier snout. But we'll put a picture up for it. But so it's it, a whale. It looks like a dolphin. It looks like a um if a do- bottlenose dolphin. The dolphin we're picturing is like um humans. This is like the Neanderthal version. It's got like a giant forehead. <laughs> looks kind of dumb, <laughs> but it looks strong. You know. Yep, and uh, we can. Cl- absolutely make judgments on its intelligence level mm-hmm. based, based on this based on the eyebrows alone yep no question it's definitely dumb so dumb. it looks like a dumb dolphin a dumb dolphin we have here well i mean it, it, got, it got washed up in a lake so i mean how smart could it be jesus christ a lock a lock yeah this isn't uh some jet skiing podcast if you forgot so um so i begged you to, I, and then you said no no let's talk about interesting stuff and i wanted to be about jet skis <laughs> and then you're gonna bring that up and throw my face at the we're recording history of jet skis on the dylan joe podcast yeah Maybe. that was yeah that was the idea and then you didn't want to and now you're gonna throw it in my face all right fine that's fine all right it's all good so so the bottle bottlenose dolphin washes ashore and no no the bottlenose whale bottlenose whale washes ashore freaks everyone out because they all of a sudden realize that there's been a thousand years of their family saying there's some fucked up shit in this lock mm. and um and turns out it's a dolphin they go well that poses an interesting question uh the sorry whale the though they can't get in from the ocean there's some crazy situation where it's based off what i read that's not enough room that connects the ocean to here they it's not likely for a big giant mammal to get in from the ocean mm-hmm. right right okay. um 
might be some salt water mixed in with the natural water, but not enough for that to get through. And so they did some more like, hey, what happened here? These things live here? What's up with this? Yeah. Turns out some fishermen um, caught it by accident, had it on their boat, and they dumped it. Simple. Wow. So it didn't even beat itself. They actually killed it. Yeah, they killed it. Oh, assholes. You think you might want to um, keep that, even if it's just not the fish you're looking for, because it's probably the only bottlenose whale you've ever seen in your life. At least enough for the village to go nuts about the dead body. Imagine if you had the live one. That would be nuts. Well, the seas back then before like mass fishing were like supposedly just Teaming. flailing with fish um, until we decided to just eat them all. So, yeah. but also not to be mistaken, this is a lake. It's not not the sea. So they're not doing any like large scale fishing expeditions here. You're catching like trout and stuff for the most part. Well, it sounds so. Again, I'm we're both speculating at this point. So yeah, yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. There's sturgeon. Yeah, well, let's not forget the, we are we are speculating. No, it's a big lake, so you can get stu- there's sturgeon. There's oh like, yeah, I was gonna bigger, bring up sturgeon later. Yeah, for yeah, sure. bigger, there's, there's bigger big, type of things. Big, yeah, but people aren't doing commercial fishing expeditions. These are these are recreational you know right are they are they doing are they selling all these fish they're catching not from the lock but they there seems to be some sort of a like uh channel that can allow boats through but nothing else or something crazy there's a canal canal yeah yeah Yeah, so like they're not like those those big giant saltwater fish aren't coming through and again saltwater fish don't typically live in fresh water they just can't it's just something to do yeah i think the only the only fish you really do that is salmon right and they purposefully do that right and the bull shark oh and the bull shark so anyway bull shark the point bull being, shark it's very rare and point being is that not this podcast but based off of my expertise my definite knowledge on jeremy wade from um he's monster fish no monster um uh, river monsters river monsters the bull shark doesn't give a fuck about anything. It'll eat license plates, tires, go in salt water, fresh water, doesn't care. Doesn't give um, a fuck. Doesn't give a fuck at all. Um, there's a big there's a big reason why 1933 was so important. Um, but in so right before 1933, there are more sightings. So like um, in April 1932, somebody named Lieutenant Ford Fordis Fordice. Um, him and his fiance uh, just got back from uh, uh, they they did travel from Aberdeen from traveled to Aberdeen from Kent to go to a wedding at and... Southern England. Exactly. So um, they were in the woods, which is the interesting thing is that they were in the woods and they saw something kind of going back into the water that resembled Loch Ness monster. Mm. That was in 1932, and that was by somebody in the military who was able to confirm that this is a incredibly large creature mm. in the woods that was going into um, the water, which is something that is like I don't think that's too too crazy. Um, interesting detail too. Again, we're seeing a creature that's that uh, can walk on land and also go into the water. Uh, which a plesiosaur would not be uh, capable of doing, I don't think. Well, do we? We we don't know that. I mean, for, we don't. But any sort I, I'd of speculation. My speculation would be closer to the thing that we have that has the same um, legs as a plesiosaur and lived probably a similar lifestyle as far as what, the way it catches prey and things as a sea turtle. So sea turtles can walk on land, but it's they don't like to do it. And it's one of the worst moments of their life when they're born, they have to crawl into the ocean where they can go. I think they can travel up to 30 miles an hour plus in the water. They can really zip around there with those fins they have, but they really can barely move on land. So I don't think it'd be impossible for a plesiosaur to be on land, but I think it would be like, you know, 
you don't want to get that deep in. You can barely move around. You really get most of your speed in the water. I think a picture like a penguin is hopping around on land. It, it can go up there, but it really shines in the water. And I think that um, even more than a penguin, more like a sea turtle, it would want to spend almost all of its life in the water. Because even like a crocodile or alligator, they have actual feet. So even though they can swim pretty good, um, they can still walk on land. Alligators can run faster than humans can run. So that's always a weird thing where you think that, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, they, they're on the water, they'll get you. Well, if they're on the land, they'll get you too. So watch the fuck out. But I don't yeah. think a plesiosaur um, could really move around that much, especially because also its its entire body weight was just massive. And unlike a sea turtle where its leg actually is the size of its entire body, its little fin there, a plesiosaur skeleton, you can see how tiny its fins are. It's probably pretty good at propelling it around, but it would be very difficult for it to support its body weight on those four little fins it's got there. That's a good point. It's a real good point. But there's been, there just has been several accounts of weird stuff around the locks, not just Loch Ness in Scotland yeah, of yeah. things that are in the water and in the land, just like we said, the, the story, um, you know, from the, the 1100s of the Linton worm that are kind mm -hmm. of doing both. Yeah, um, yeah, they're on land and in the water. It's creepy. Yeah, and they, they had a name for all these things too, and they called them uh, Kepleys, Kepla? Kepleys. Uh, Kelpies, Kelpies. I thought I was going to bring that up. Is that as that's the um? It's another old. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, Scottish and Scandinavian. Uh, they both share this uh, cryptid in their history, and it's basically the the, the seahorse, not the seahorse like the animal seahorse, like a horse that lives in the in the water. And part of the tale was that you could tell there were water horses by the seaweed that would be draping in their mane, and they would come up on land as well as they'd go in the water, and they can you know do both, but all their skin was adhesive and sticky. So if you went to go ride it, or if you went to go pet it, it would, you would stick to the horse and you couldn't unglue yourself. And that's when it's got you. And then it drags you into the deep and you drown to death. So I used to tell uh, kids, don't, don't go try to ride strange horses or don't try to mess with other horses. You don't know if it could be a Kelpie. And if you try to touch it, it'll drag you into the it's deep and drown you. Yeah, a Kelpie, yeah. So they're thinking that that might be possibly what it, what the uh, the Loch Ness monster was, and this is all well before we have our image of the plesiosaur Nessie with the long neck and the dinosaur looking. People would talk about these kelpies that looked like literally a horse, not like a dinosaur. Okay, so they mentioned that they were like a horse, not a dinosaur. Yeah. Because I kind of the kelpie had a combination of like a horse and a donkey and also an elephant, but it, it, we're not sure yet. Oh, but I didn't remind that part. Yeah, the, well, like the, the neck of the elephant type of thing. So, like, I had a, um, just pour myself another, uh, actually, so cool that you can buy, the thing that's like, you can buy alcohol that is from that area. You know, this is from Scotland. How cool is yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, even easier Scottish than, water. to have a taste of what it's like to be there because you can buy it all the way from over here. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to go buy haggis at Walmart, but oh, you can go to the liquor store and get yourself a nice bottle of uh, Tosker. A spot of Talisker Storm. And it's about 50 bucks. It's worth your time. So, um, so before we go on to modern day, there is a hedonist, bisexual, drug addict, astrologer who practiced occult rituals to achieve personal and spiritual development of the highest level. And he had contact, like my kind of guy. And he had contact with the divine entities and by 1900s became a full-fled 33rd degree Mason. 
And that's our type of guy on the Dylan Joe podcast. <laughs> so and he has something about to do. Aleister Crowley. Uh, it, what? I do believe Aleister Crowley did take a trip to hold on in order to perform ritual. I didn't mean to spoil it. I was just trying to see if I could guess who you're talking about. As I far as wizards right. go. It is Aleister Crowley. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes we don't we don't go over this before the fuckers folks. this guy left no stone unturned as far as the supernatural bisexual drugs i mean planets i know people hate him because he was like a satanist fucking and stuff but he just sounds like satanic so, like, shit, party with that guy, guy come on. had a fucking time oh yeah you went for it and he did so joe joe i'm dying to know what you know about this guy what do you know alistair crowley uh, yeah, so he was super into magical thinking and uh, ritualistic um, experiences. So he did believe in the supernatural and, uh, you know, things beyond the world we have now, energy, spirits, things like that. And he actually studied with all kinds of people who would teach him into deeper ways of doing that. And his type of magic um, that he performed was less of what you picture like a wizard doing, like shooting fireballs out of his hands. But he would do like these multiple day long rituals where he would have to focus in on a certain thing and use his intention and get into all these crazy trances and try to uh, accomplish, um, which I think, yeah, I think magical thinking is, is the phrase for it to, to enact differences on the earth around you by using these rituals and intention is, is part of it. And I think that that was part of his trip to the lock was spending a, a prolonged vacation back before that was easy to do. I don't know if I'm mistaken on that though. I don't want to step on your tail here. No, not all. He went to the Loch Ness Mm -hmm. In 1899, I might have already said this about somebody else. I think I was confused. Mm -hmm. um, too much of the uh, Talisker Storm, Scotland water in my brain. Um, good, good. He went to the Loch Ness in 1899 after honeymooning with his wife in Cairo, Egypt. I got around. You, for those of you who don't know where Cairo is. Um, Another magical place to go. The, and, the land of the pyramids. Yeah, we'll get there. We're gonna further. throw a picture up of Aleister Crowley right here, but dude, super fascinating guy. Yeah, he's got picks. He's him. he's definitely got picks. Um, crazy. Uh, he so after his honeymoon in Cairo, he wanted to go to Loch Ness to perform what he termed the great operation of the sacred magic of Abramelin the Mage. Hell yeah! And to sex to sex to successfully perform. Um, sex this this task he needed to find a bow that fit the requirements of the ritual hmm. did you hear this part i'm not remembering it please it just gets me. so fucked up so um so again we we kind of gave you the geography of loch ness but there's um multiple castles multiple islands multiple type of things that are on here cemeteries Huge. this type of stuff so so this guy so as mentioned he's all over the place in all of the most exciting ways um, he's also a say, say, he is uh, balls say, deep in every sense of the word, anything you can think of the wildest, wackiest, magical mm -hmm. shit. He, he is like the head of uh, what we picture in America. People are so afraid of like Satanism and stuff like that. You're mm -hmm. thinking of Aleister Crowley and the, the black yeah. church and all that kind of stuff. No question. Um, on top of that, um, I'm not really sure what a 33rd degree Mason is, but I guess it's 33 tiers away from the original founder or something like that. Right. I see. I, I'm I guessing. I, I don't know, but I'm guessing is that it's he's he's worked his way up like the Boy Scouts, the Eagle Scout, except yeah. except except not. I thought because... it was more like you're you're the black belt and the Illuminati, like you're you're a super high level Mason, uh, the Freemasons. Well, I think to be 33rd degree is like so close to the to like the founder of the Masons, which is uh, 
you know, like that's 33rd degree. Edward I think, like, G. If, Mason. If, me, if me and you were to do this to, to become Masons today, we'd be in the thousands of tiers, you know, like be 33. Oh, I thought it was like, like more like a, I'm, I'm a fourth degree black belt. That means you have four stripes on your black belt. No, I think number one, like, I think the first degree is like, is like Bill Clinton. Um. <laughs> so it's more like, uh, yeah, like you say, like your cousins, like I'm, uh, you're very close. To I'm so your second cousin, third removed is not as close as being a cousin. So the more numbers you add, actually, you're farther away from it. Uh, so we'd be like, yes. whatever, 1 million. Think of a pyramid scheme. Number one is at the top. Oh, no, no. So, so it's like, it's like, it's like degrees of separation. Like how we talked about the seven degrees of Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> seven degrees of Kevin Spacey. So he's 33 degrees away yeah. from the, the Kevin okay. Spacey. All right. Yeah. 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 No. So, um, so he's talking about guy. doing black magic rituals. Kevin Spacey. That's magical thinking. Exactly. So our boy, Alistair Crowley, um, is the cream of the crop when it la comes cream, to, sa to, to being a, a, a satanic, basically a satanic priest. Um, shout out to satanic temple of Salem. You guys are good people. Buy your coffee mug. Um, um, the or my wife did. She has a really nice espresso cup for me, guys. Um, um, and it's there. You know, some people think, but anyways. But back then, he is he's exactly what people feared. But he had a genuine interest in the supernatural, a genuine interest in something different, in spiritualism, and that the the the, the energies of things could affect things. He did happen to be what people feared for a reason, because he was more along the lines of um uh horrific death and destruction so he found bad energy and harnessed that that was his black thing. magic so that, yes that does scare people so so he was looking for a um uh the word is hang on abode abode oh b-o-d-e a-b-o-d-e Oh, abode, like yeah. a place to live, a humble abode. Yes, but he was... So he was looking it, for a place then. Uh, yes, but a haunted, fucked up place. Okay, yeah. A haunted abode. So to, fill, haunted to, to, his, to, to fulfill his ritual on a place that he feels has a lot of energy, he's looking for a really fucked up place. Gotcha. So <clears throat> he found that it was called the Bolskin House, um, which was in between the lock and, all, and an old graveyard. He was looking for a place that has a crazy spiritual energy in a negative, right. negative light. So he found a place um, that was in between the old graveyard and the lock itself. Um, he loved it. It was perfect. It was connected to, by a tunnel to the graveyard. And that tunnel was supposedly a place for witches and warlocks back in the day to transfer between the graveyard and the place. And that the, the specific uh, homestead that he had on top of there was rebuilt on top of a burned down church where everybody died inside oh my god can you pick a right better down spot? his alley this is the spot if you're this is a church where people magic. were exactly though he um uh yeah killed everyone uh and the whole oh, wait, thing wait, wait, is... he didn't kill everyone did he, he, he no he... he killed no one no no the fire <laughs> he killed just everyone. said he killed everyone he went there to go perform rituals and yes, type of satanic right, right, stuff or whatever you. it is and he was mm -hmm. attracted to loch ness and yeah. um that's the whole point but he wrote this in is his before name. nessie as we know it as well because we are we are before um 
Oh, we were way before. We we're in the 1800s. Yeah, so, yeah. So that, I think it's important to remember for uh, we're talking about the story now. I mean, Loch Ness back then what didn't have the same appeal it does now. Where you're going to go find Ness, he went there for the the site itself rather than to find a uh, mythical plesiosaur or whatever. Yeah, he wasn't looking for that, but he just knew this was a place of energy. So he went there, and the whole point of this whole story about this Alistair Crowley guy is that he's fucked up, but he also wrote specifically about um, mysterious water nymphs in the lock. So he was able to observe the dark lock and see movement in there that was not normal. Wow. Interesting. Crazy, yeah. Before we started seeing things. So again, on Joe and I's point is that this is a place where there's things that are happening that people aren't knowing. So... I mean, Joe, you ready to go to, you ready to rock 1933 yet or not? So what's up with 1932? We've got Lieutenant Fordis or whatever it is, and then no one cares about his story. Him and his girlfriend saw some gray elephant in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole thing is that people have been very, very quick to say that 1933 was the year that the media struck down on the Loch Ness. And then all of a sudden, the world became aware of Loch Ness having anything going on with it, really monster and otherwise yeah exactly just like 1947 with roswell is that the media started right, taking yeah. play then everybody started seeing ufos after 1947 right and now everyone um, knows what when you say roswell you think ufo before that you'd probably think i'd never heard of that town in my life where is it right well new mexico so um <laughs> I swear, I don't know if you're that's what someone would say i don't know if you're fucking quizzing me but um <laughs> no no so, I've, I've very well heard it because now i know where loch ness is in scotland but if you told me loch ness you know, and then the year 1905, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. Never heard of it. Right. And there's a lot of, there's a, there's more reasons to what you just said to why you don't know where it is in 1905, if you are from 1905. Mm. Um, and in 1932, um, the important thing here is just like with Roswell, 1946, um, in Roswell, the media kind of really kind of took over in 1946. In 1932, 1933, the media did also play a part in this but that wasn't what i i mean me joe may think differently um i don't think that's what um made the lock monster what it is i uh, do think the, that you're right we, we do disagree on that i know that we disagree so so interesting thing is that um in night before 1932 there was only one road that went over the north side of Loch Ness. um that road was uh so if you were to drive along the Loch Ness, it was kind of a functional road it wasn't more a sightseeing have a good time we're gonna get to a destination road mm-hmm. um it was if you were to view the Loch Ness from there um you were clouded by trees by hills by grass by whatever it is so in 1932 they started construction of an actual road along the north side so everybody could view the lock could view Loch Ness oh I see. Um, so once 1932 was completed, so we have that lieutenant dude who, uh, Fortis, um, who had to have a sighting along there before the road was constructed. 1933 is when a majority of this, so this is the interesting thing that Joe, I'm, I'm dying for you to debate me on, um, just because in 1933, that road was completed. Um, so traffic along Loch Ness increased by a minimum of tenfold. 
Um, this was a road that went actually along the lock, mm-hmm. not just parallel to along the mountains or whatever it is yeah. where you could see through the trees. This is a road that uh, allowed truckers, allowed people, allowed horse, whatever they're going on to actually view the lake, uh, not just the residents. This is people going to visit the lake all, all together. Um, yeah. So you have a frequency of, let's say, let's say on average you have um just for uh, intents and purposes of this conversation. This, this seems highly speculative. Are you about to let's guess say, how many people were traveling around shit, right? Ness before yeah. Nessie? I'll, I'll, we'll see. We Go ahead. Like I fucking know. Um, <laughs> so let's say it's 1920. You've let's got say. the road. You've got the road that goes through the hills there. Um, yeah. And you've got 100, 100 travelers per month, which is probably a little small. But um uh, they may or may not see anything in the lock or two. Um, they can't even see the lock because it's being uh, blocked obstructed by with hills, the, the, obstructed yeah, with hills, or whatever, whatever sure. it is. Yeah. So now, and now comes 1932, 1933, where that road is being completed. Mm-hmm. They're actually, it's like driving up one a from Massachusetts to Maine. You are on the ocean. Yeah. You beautiful. can see the ocean. It's beautiful. You can stop. You can have a fucking cigarette. So you got two things, increase in sightings, Increase in media, increase in traffic. Yes, that's my conclusion. That's interesting. I I was, I think that I was trying to see if you spit out a number, like if you said it was going from one hundred to one thousand a month or something like that. Because I'd imagine that there's no way to increase tenfold from a new road. I'm sure it started to help with the um, the the more visitors, and more visitors means more sightings, and more sightings means more reports, which makes more sense to me. But I think that it's undoubtedly tied in with the, the sighting of this creature and it's, you know, explodes. It's like Roswell in New Mexico could tell me that they put in a new Walmart and that's why more people want to move there. But as soon as the UFO crash lands there, now we're talking about Roswell as a uh, place to go. You know what I mean? That road. So my thing is that it's just, it's just that like the evidence shows that there's just so many conclusions we can make because that one wow. road well, that one road that that led across the lock was created in 1715. It's almost 200 years of one road mm-hmm. that is not on the lock itself. You have to be on the beach to really see these type of things. Right. And then in 32, they put in the new road, which is the sightseeing road, the tourism road. Get, yeah. Get checked out the well, lock. exactly. And, and that road only went to like, it was called Fort Augustus. And it was just, it was kind of had a, like a purpose road. It was. Yeah. It was like you said, it's, it's a utility base, not um, scenic in any way. Right. All right. But so what, what it turns mm-hmm. over to me is that uh, we have those mentions of things going on in the lock until so there's an article written in 32 about someone about that that um, that officer right saying he saw something and whatever and they said there was a creature it went into the lake we don't know what it was we're not sure what it is I heard a story as well in 1932 about two fishermen going out in the lake and seeing some kind of thing in the water and reporting it and they didn't report anything that we understand to be Nessie. The first, as far as I saw from my uh, quote unquote research, the first mentions of what we think is Nessie is in the Invisness newspaper following the second sighting where they say that it has a long neck, it's in the water, it looks like a reptile, all these things that were put in there where the original report of the incident didn't have anything like that. Didn't have anything about a neck, didn't have anything about its skin. It said they saw a, a dark object in the water. They thought it was a creature in the water. And then the newspaper 
started putting out all these insane ideas. We have we have a, a monster in Loch Ness. It's got a you know a, a, a thousand teeth and a long head and a big tail and all these things. And now when we think about Nessie, that's exactly what we're talking about here. And it's not until later on when we have the photographs of Nessie that it seems to go, oh yeah, well that's what they're talking about. That's obviously the monster. We all know it has a long neck. It looks like a plesiosaur. It lives in the lake. But that never was ever put in pen to paper until the newspaper sold a bunch of copies of this and started lighting it up as the Loch Ness Monster. That always gives me pause when something that's the major details of a story is put on by a newspaper and completely fabricated and not at all wide witness testimony. Of course, since then, imagine this coincidence. Now everyone notices the long neck and now everything, oh, it all, now we all know about it. Of course, of course. But until then, not one fucking word of it. They made it up to make it more exciting for the story. And fortunately, the guy put too many details in and it just looks like he made up what the monster's supposed to be like. And from here on out, the sightings skyrocket. And it's not just because of the road. It's because everyone's going to Loch Ness to find Nessie. And if they don't find Nessie, we're going to make it Nessie. And many, many cases of people floating their own Nessie out there. Hundreds of cases of people doing it purposefully to try to get pictures or try to show people that the Loch Ness Monster is real, even though it didn't uh, exist until 1933. I don't know, Joe. I mean, I know that you've been around the, you've been around the block, right? Been around the lock. Around the block. Lock. The block. <laughs> in... In, in the world. Joe, Joe has been to Beach Coast. Joe's been to San Diego, Flagstaff, Florida, Massachusetts, Maine, Vermont. Only in U- the U.S., <laughs> Fucking, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you name it. Um, U.S.-based. Uh, for example, you know, we were talking about Burlington, Vermont. Um, they we, have weren't, own, they we weren't. Call it, we were not. That's no, all no, no. Out. This is a private conversation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, actually, I, I, yeah. Burlington, Vermont has a its own monster called Champ, Lake Champlain, Champ. Oh, monster. I was gonna bring up Champ later, yeah, because I, I was gonna list yeah, yeah, other yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're all around. Um, they're so, all around, yeah, yeah, they're all around. Mm-hmm. So, what I think about this is is that. I so the thing that I didn't so ad- address the newspaper thing first because if we can talk about the existence I will. of lake monsters, yeah. but I want to talk no, about no, 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 no. I know I'm just saying is that, that, that okay, this, gotcha. this, this phenomenon you're bringing is up around. champ and all other kinds of shit. I'm talking about Nessie. I know we're talking about Nessie right now. Is that that like people who we'll see Nessie champ. seem to think they see Nessie, and I'm not so convinced. We we've gone down certain like qualifications for for UFO sightings for um, other types of yeah um, extra yeah, that, uh, yeah. you know like extraterrestrial paranormal sightings type of things mm-hmm. requires multiple people multiple times over a short time span so on and so forth yeah um, i think those parameters work pretty good for nessie sightings as well i think so too so um what i'm just gonna say is oh, joe i forgot my train of thought uh we're talking about the newspaper first address the fact that th- that all the things that we know about nessie came out in that newspaper article and then ever since then magically it's always been like that ever since 1933 no one thinks that nessie um doesn't have a long neck and that it, it isn't looking like that and it doesn't survive in the lake and all the things we think about nessie now started in 1933 and proven the same way that all the stories you told before that that are all fascinating i never heard about all these crazy lake monsters yeah. all around scotland 
I don't think any of them sound like Nessie to me. I mean, we got Nessie in 1933 and then Nessie from here on out. So we have two points that I think um, add value to my point is that we have a new road going in that allows more traffic to go along the lock. Right, yeah. I think that's, that's definitely a valid point. Valid point. You get more people viewing the lock. And if there is something in that lock that nobody ever gave, uh, like not a lot of people gave too much value to that there is, yeah, there's some monsters in here, but it's folklore or it's traditions passed between like father, son, grandson, whatever it is that there's monsters in here, whatever it is. Second thing is a real realistic version of this is that there is, um, when you create a road like that, so say that, so this is 1932, 1933. We're putting a road through Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to use explosives. This could agitate. Ooh, yeah, this agitates. Fold. Yeah. So those monsters are just living their life. It's mm-hmm. own ecosystem. Holding They're their breathing. breath for days at a time. Never yeah. focusing. Oh, Jesus. Well, all right, we're not there yet. So they're breathing, they're living their life, they're doing a thing, they're eating whatever they eat, whether it be plants or fish or mammals. Um, or souls. Or souls. And there's dynamite blowing up things to be able to create a road through here. Um, they get all pissed off and they go up and they, they surface. So this is I mean, we definitely have actual evidence of when people are lighting off explosives in natural habitats, it it severely disrupts the ecosystem. I mean, it, it does happen when people are making huge yeah. construction projects like this. It it pushes a lot of animals deeper into the forest. Smaller animals stay longer and larger animals seem to be super agitated and have to move on. So that definitely adds credence to the fact that it's not just the fact that there's more sightings, but that they might've actually disrupted um, the Loch Ness Monster's ecosystem by blasting away on the edge of the lock. I, I didn't, I, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, so so especially since like sound and, uh, you know, pressure travel through water quicker, um, right. this could yeah. disrupt those, uh, you know, those mammals, whether it be a plesiosaur Which or is some other type. A plesiosaur is not a mammal? Uh, does it have tits? I don't know. Does it? No, no. It's a it's a reptile. It's a dinosaur. Dinosaurs aren't mammals. Alligators don't have nipples. No, they don't have mammary glands. You serious? They're reptiles. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, because they lay eggs. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so the, not a mammal. The, the, the confusion might <laughs> be because what, they're what not... a plesiosaur is. It's not a mammal. Everyone. <laughs> the confusion is probably that they don't they don't have gills, so they don't breathe water. But that doesn't mean they're a mammal. It just means they're not a fish. They're a reptile instead of a fish kind of deal. Only fish, uh, or mostly only fish have gills. Amphibians have gills too um, for most of their life. But yeah, yeah. reptiles don't, ha- they can't breathe water. They have to breathe air. So that's why alligators have to come up and breathe air every once in a while. They're just very good at lung capacity, but they don't have uh, mammary glands and they also don't have gills. They're reptiles somewhere in between. Well, there we go. I think that Nessie is a reptile, if that's the case. Okay. Could be a mammal. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it is a cryptid. It's, it, it could, Nessie could be a mammal that looks like a reptile. I mean, we haven't done any biopsies on Nessie. You know, even though there was an there was a, a exhibition that went out with a biopsy harpoon that they, with their express purpose to, to harpoon Nessie and rip out part of his flesh so that they could take it back and test it in a lab and try to prove what kind of species of animal it was. Mm-hmm. They were unsuccessful in finding it, but they did go out there 
with that express purpose to go check it out yeah to find out at least what kind of animal it is it like is it a fish is it a reptile is it a mammal we don't fucking know we don't know interesting okay all right so um so that's that just april 14th 1933 this is the first time that nessie is published in a newspaper and it's the inverness korea newspaper yeah that's the one i was talking about that's the article that they described this is the article yep um and it's the story of a countryman who are on the north side of the lock and that's where the nessie explosion happened where people started to realize this is a thing this is where sightings increase there's been you know let's say thousands of sightings since 1933 and it's because the newspaper put it out that this is something that you should watch out for so people traveled from far and abroad from local from distant um to go try to see something different in the world that maybe there's something out there that is different um 1933 is still a time where there could be some big big mammals big fish big this big that um i think that your um analogy to roswell is basically right in the bullseye it's very similar to it's a nothing town and then something amazing happens there and people want to see for themselves what the hell's going on yeah and it's exactly and it's the thing is for 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 the dylan joe podcast we're trying to identify what the different dylan joe base (laughs) basement podcast we're trying to identify the difference between um what we know is here in what uh sorry and what and what may be that we don't know yet yeah perhaps. what baby may be so so next up after the 30s we have a lot of influx of people who are visiting the lock sure. and then and everyone like wants Sam? to get their their own uh, gander at nessie and people are even trying to get a photograph i mean how valuable would that be to actually get uh photo proof of the said Loch Ness monster. I mean, it's one thing to see it yourself and tell your friends that's amazing, but to have a photo, I mean, that would be invaluable in proving the existence of this uh, this beast within the Loch. Yeah, the most famous photo was 1934, right, Joe? It was the surgeon's photo, which is taken by Mr. Robert Wilson in 1934. We'll throw that up for uh, the viewers. This is the photo that you think of when you think of the Loch Ness Monster, it's a, it's a, well, you, if you picture a plesiosaur mm-hmm. rising its head out of the water, swing through the water, this is it. And it's been disproven a, a, a lot. Um, there's been a lot of things that this is a, um, uh, Joe, you can bring up, for example, I mean, if we pull up right here, I put some photos of, uh, of a plesiosaur type dinosaur that I have, mm-hmm. um, that I've put in water or next to water that shows you can make the ripples. You can make the thing that this is actually um, something we can produce very, very easily, even yeah. back in the day. It looks day. like a full-size uh, beast, but using photography tricks, and it's a hoax. You, you made it up. There's been a lot of hoaxes, yes. um, but there's also a lot of a lot admitted of- hoaxes too. I mean, some of the photographs, like you said, have been like, "Oh, you don't really know. It's hard to say." But a lot of times, people have come out and straight up said, "Yeah, we did that to make it look like the Loch Ness monster. It doesn't look crazy. How funny is that?" Like just openly admitted, we did this as a goof, which we'll also find happened in many other lakes across the world uh, when it comes down to these cryptids. Not just the fact that we have photographs of them, but people have not only just been called out, but they've openly admitted, yeah, that picture that looks like the monster, we did that as a hoax. It's made up. We made it up. I think they're assholes for doing that, but they've at least admitted that they're faking it. 
Yeah. That happened with yeah, Nessie. Exactly. I don't know. Like you said, it could have been. I mean, the photographs are there. There's many, but the hoaxes must have been even more than that of people just trying to freak people out around the lake, you know? Yeah. On the note I was just saying there, um, there's other, like we talked about when we talked about giants, there's, it's a whole, it's a worldwide phenomenon. So lest I get too skeptical about the whole thing, it's one of those things that it's a universal ideal of um, the creatures that go bump in the night and everyone's afraid in the lake at night. I don't care how tough you are. You can't see your feet in the lake. That's some scary ass shit. So, I mean, they have the Altum Ahahaha in Georgia. They have Chessie. That, that's the uh, the lake monster of Chesapeake Bay, more of a bay monster there. They, uh, Are you shitting me back in Maryland? Yeah, Chesapeake Bay. Chessie, they call it that. I'm sure they've they call it, seriously? They aped the name Nessie. Yeah, they call it Chessie. They have their own monster. I've there. never heard of Chessie. I've spent uh, a good amount of my childhood times in Maryland in the Chesapeake Bay. No sightings of no Chessie sightings? This is back in 1999, 2004, somewhere like literally all those years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the Chesapeake Bay back then was like very brown. You get blue crabs, um, but I did not know they had their own sea monster. But it was also one of those, it's the same type of, so it's a river. Um, the, the Chesapeake Bay is, is is a bay, but it's it's a, it was like back then, you know, 20 years ago, it was very brown and murky. Uh-huh. Um, it's very fun. They had their own sea monster. I didn't know that. Yeah, we also have, um, just to show that it's not just in, in America or just, you know, the UK, we have uh, Mamlambo, that's the uh, South African lake monster, uh, similar descriptions. We have Selma in Norway. I don't know if that's supposed to be a Kelpie or if it's supposed to be uh, similar to the Loch Ness monster. Norway's got good chocolate and some good food I could go for right now. Anyways, go on. <laughs> Ishii in Japan, uh, they have a statue of it outside of the lake in Japan. It almost looks just like the Loch Ness Monster, the, the, wow. uh, the Ishii Monster, mm. which seems a similar description to that. And then, of course, as Dylan mentioned before, we have Champ, which is the, the second most famous lake monster from Lake Champlain up in um, the northeastern United States there. And that was actually uh, first discovered way back when they were first founding uh, the township up there. And someone mentioned seeing a, a giant uh, creature in the depths of the lake, and they thought that was perhaps a, a lake monster as well. Uh, but um, funny enough, it, the same version of um, animal that lives in Loch Ness also lives in Lake Champlain, and that's the European sturgeon who, who lives in both uh, the Loch Ness and in Lake Champlain. And a lot of freshwater lakes are in the northern hemisphere. Now, the European sturgeon is one big motherfucker of a fish. Big motherfucker. We've seen river monsters. Yeah. The sturgeon shows up almost every fucking country. The sturgeon. I mean, there. And that, that, is, that is the stuff of legends. And I think that even if today I saw a, a sturgeon in the lake, as much as I know about um, the world today, I would think that was definitely a, a monster. It, it, it You'd shit like your monster. pants. It's insanely Dude. scary looking. Um, Quite frankly, guests and um, and friends, if I was bre- my so let's be real. Let's all not be let's, let's all be, be real. real here. Let's be real. Let's be real. We're gonna take a real real step no back jive. for a second. No jive. Um, I'm not even talking about the Amazon or the Tigris or the Euphrates or some other crazy rivers. I'm talking about oh. being in Massachusetts in a river, mm. let's say the Ipswich River, and a goldfish rubbed on my leg. A goldfish. 
mm-hmm. or a sunfish. Let's be real, sunfish. Sunfish, probably, yeah. I'd freak out. Yeah, of course. So it's, it's it's an uncomfortable I, situation. You don't I don't want Yeah, I don't want a goldfish rubbing on me. Let upon a seventy-five pound sturgeon or a hundred fifty <laughs> pound sur- sturgeon. Yeah, not, I mean, I'm not I mean, into these that. Things that sounds can get, terrifying. So these things imagine, can get really big. Joe's right; they get really big. So imagine, um, so you're in a river on the riverbed or a kayak or whatever it is. And you see a seventy-five pound fish, which is likely a sturgeon at this point in time. You're going to go, this is a gigantic monster. river monster. And you're going to flip your shit. Because I would. Absolutely. So and then, funny yeah, enough, man, you, you might be surprised to know, as I was, the largest European sturgeon on record was 20 feet long and 880 pounds. So even if you saw a 75-pound, six-foot-long sturgeon, you'd think it's a river monster, try 20 feet long and try 880 pounds. I mean, that's a Dude, fucking monster. I just said 30 pounds, right? Am I wrong? Uh, you said 75, which is, which is which would scare the 75 shit out of me. 75 pounds is fucking but, terrifying. But 880, 800 feet? fucking pounds? Two stories that's, long. That's uh, a third of what a gorilla could bench press. So. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking huge. Yeah. Right. So I mean, those fish—they're not just—they're not just on record as being that large. I mean, they—they they exist in uh, Loch Ness as well as Lake Champlain. I mean, most of them aren't to that large size. That—that's about as large as they can grow. But like Dylan said, even even a small one, six feet long, a hundred pounds—that would be a fucking beast going by in your canoe. There, I can only imagine seeing that kind of thing at Loch Ness, even at half the size. I would think that's a fucking monster. I wouldn't describe it as a plesiosaur, but I would think that's a, that's a monster. And I saw a monster, especially if it was the year 1930, especially if it was the year 596 and dragons are real. I'd be like, that's a fucking monster in there. There'd be monsters. 180 pounds is fucked. I mean, that's insane. So, um, so these sightings, you know, you've got a really deep, really wide, really long, really square foot, like cubic feet area level of fresh water. High volume. You're gonna get yeah. some shit, boys and girls. We For guarantee sure. you. So, yeah, and I think beyond that, a lot of the sightings can be uh, explained away as um, picture this logs. There's a lot of logs under the water. I know yeah, many times in my scary. life, even as an adult, I've seen a log in the water, especially in Florida, and I've been like, that's a fucking alligator. And it turns out it's a log, but you know, when you're on high alert and you can't see that well, you're freaking out about it. Also, catfish. Uh, on many freshwater uh, rivers fine. and lakes, they can get big old. I didn't actually look up how big a catfish can get. Big old I mean, they can catfish. get real big. And if I saw that in a river, and especially if I was looking for a monster and I saw you know a four foot long catfish, that that would qualify in my brain as a monster. I'd freak the fuck out. Uh, um, just so you know, Joe, yeah. catfish at uh, four pounds are uh, monsters. So yeah, yeah, even even a small foot. Uh, yeah, I mean, even Lake catfish. Boone, Lake Boone, Hudson, Massachusetts, catfishing with salamanders, uh, monster. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, so yeah, this is how this is how you come down with shit like this, though. The same thing with yeah. giants is that like I believe the people who saw these things, I believe that a lot of them didn't make it up. I believe that they saw something they couldn't explain, and they got freaked out by it. And they perceived it as a monster. Like, like if they say if they saw Shaquille O'Neal, that's a fucking giant. If you saw yeah. a European sturgeon at 880 pounds, it's a fucking monster. It's not Nessie, but it is a monster. So I can see that there's some credence to what people are saying. They're seeing something if they can't explain it. The the issue only comes for when you, you say it's it's unexplained to then saying, 
I know exactly what it is. It's a dinosaur with magic powers from the aliens. That's where you lose me as far as that's concerned. But just to wrap up my whole um, spiel on river monsters around the world. For now we're talking about just to show river monsters, lake monsters, lake cryptids, as I labeled them. My favorite example of a cryptid um, that has been researched well enough and has actually been uh, proven to be true. I know I'm going against type here by saying this. But it's this okay. is what, I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that I want, again, I want to believe. I, I want Nessie to be real. Don't, don't get me wrong there. Um, but there's the, it's not exactly a lake monster, but there's always the monster, the sea monster, the most famous sea monster, the Kraken. The Kraken. The idea of a large tentacled monster that is big enough to take down a ship and drag you to the deep. I mean, that was a tale that sailors told. As recently as the golden age of piracy, as we covered in the last episode, and as far back as, you know, Greek ships traveling across um, from Mycenae to Argos. I mean, these are old, old stories of there be monsters in the deep. And it's all, you know, there's a giant, you know, octopus in the water, some kind of sea monster tentacles. Turns out there actually fucking is giant sea monsters that look at the Kraken. The giant squid exists and they couldn't prove that it existed for hundreds and hundreds of years, it was only tales and stories. They would find um, a dead squid eyeball that looked like it was way too big to be part of a regular squid. Like, it looked like this giant saucer eye. Or they'd find a tentacle ripped apart and a sperm whale uh, tore to pieces. They couldn't prove that it actually existed. They would only find uh, dead remnants of it, of pieces of the beast. And actually, in April in 2018, we had our first actual video recording of a giant squid um, interacting Fuck with, yeah, we did. with the it camera. Was awesome. Yep. Yeah. So it, you had to go that deep. You had to have the technology we have now to go that, that far deep in the depths of the ocean where we can never see before. And we had to wait for years and years, but we finally found it. So I love that story that the Kraken, which we now know um, as maybe the giant squid, we, we uh, assume it is now, but that really existed. So it wasn't the fact that it never existed and people were making the stories up is that they did exist, but we didn't have uh, the wherewithal, the technology to find it. And now we have found it because it's so deep in the ocean, we wouldn't have known otherwise. But it, but it is true. The Kraken exists, and it is a species of squid we call the giant squid. So I think that's fucking wild. So there there is, you know, some, some of these cryptids may very well exist. It's just um, they're not easy to find, especially if they're, you know, you know a thousand fathoms <clears throat> under the sea. So crazy to hear from Joe, because, like, I'm very quick to say based off of the evidence that this is real we have a lot of people who think that they saw something um yeah. and joe is saying that there's there, like people are so let's say that like at least one percent of the ten thousand sightings of the Loch Ness monster are real it's generous something is there yeah it's generous but joe's probably right with that but something is actually there is it a plesiosaur Likely not. And my first, so as we kind of wrap this up, my first thought is that like, if there's a plesiosaur, we're talking about an animal that's like four school buses. I mean, like in, in like square feet, right, Joe? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's like how- Not how four school buses long, but just like feet. as a as a whole. I, I mean, I think from, from its nose to its tail is probably a school bus long. One school bus. Yeah. yeah. But then you have like go up more or whatever it is. Like it's, it's, it's about, I think school bus is a pretty decent way to, to describe okay. its size. It's, we're it's, it's reverse, the size of a school bus. Well, we're going to reverse the, the thought on this. Let's say one school bus of an animal, mm. you know, whereas me and Joe are both like an ATV. 
<laughs> yeah, on a good day. Yeah. Maybe a gator, a gator, like a John Deere gator. We yeah, gator, yeah. Gator. yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as like square blood, like square volume of human, um, is an, as a John Deere gator. And then a, yeah. a plesiosaur is like a, a definitely a solid school bus. Um, mm-hmm. um, my first thought is that like, uh, we know that with like, you know, say that you create a highway through like a natural wastelands or whatever it is, like just some good old natural areas, mm-hmm. you can identify based off of, you can really tell how many wolves are in an area based off of their consumption and excretion. So you can see like, all right, we can probably estimate that there's about 15 wolves in this like 20 square mile area. Yeah. Based off of yeah. the amount of rats that are missing and the poop we find. Um, I haven't seen any reports that say that there's like, you guys think there's a school bus, a school bus yeah. that has been on, you know, from the, from like the, the myths and whatever it is, might be a, not be a vegetarian. Sure. Animal. Yeah. Um, eats fish. Eats fish. You um, would think I'd have to eat fish because that's the number one food source it has access to at all times. Well, you you have algae, you have fish, you have plants type of stuff. So like, so like, I think that'd be for a biologist to be it'd be kind of easy to say that we don't think there's anything here because nothing is uh, the rate of like growth in, and it should the, be affecting its environment in a, in a measurable way. Right. Right. Exactly. So so that's my thing. So like. And to prove our, our thesis on this is that like, uh, you know, most situations, like I believe in the spiritual realm and I, I think that there's something more to this than not. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there's a lot of people who are, who are coming forth in this for the past couple hundred years and saying that there's something that they're seeing they couldn't quite understand. Um, this is a very, very deep, uh, deep lock, deep lake. Um, yeah. Of fresh water where there's like a lot of room for something like that, um, but nobody has been able to prove it, um, including Charlie Sheen from Two mm-hmm. and a Half Men. People have gone. I mean, unlike the past, we do have um, sonar and all kinds of ways to tell what's going on underneath a boat, uh, much deeper than a uh, thousand feet, which is the deepest part of the lake. Yeah, exactly. And and you know they, we have recovered. You know, so like human beings have recovered. Um, uh, plesiosaurs from th- tens of thousands of years ago. They've got like some bones of them that are clearly have died, um, you know, before basically Earth was hit by asteroids. Tens uh, of thousands, I think, is not what you meant to say. Then in that case, oh, could be millions and millions, right? Uh, I'd say millions. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Um, I know I always a stickler for the for the numbers, but it really does draw a picture. Ten thousand years ago, as we're talking about, like we said, early yeah, human yeah, civilization. Yeah, right we're talking um, about. I think well, the last plesiosaur skeleton must have been at least 150 million years ago that it, that it lived. So the T-Rex so would have been, like 1800s, we said, 50 million years after that, even was dead for the last time. The earliest skeleton of plesiosaurs must be closer to 170 million years ago that they were um, swimming around eating fish. Yeah, so I think you're right about that. So, like, if you uh, anyone pulls up pesci bones, it pulls up something that was discovered from the 1800s about uh, Nessie, pesci, plesiosaur, 1800s. Oh, okay. um, 
was recovered and it's put in a museum from 2015. It's basically been there since 2015. But yeah, I think you're right, Joe, about that. Exactly what you said, that it's it's not 10,000 years ago. It's 65 million years ago of a vertebrae of exactly what we think that Nessie is hmm. in this area from the lock, but it's that old. Um, so were there things in this particular lock that long ago? Yes. Um, 10,000 years ago, absolutely not because of the Ice Age. Um, so that's another thing is that 10,000 right, years yeah. ago, it was the lock didn't look like it did was man. frozen. It was frozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was full blown frozen. So you couldn't be swimming around in there. Yeah. I think that uh, ultimately when it comes to finding the, these cryptids and stuff, um, a direct correlation between the Kraken and Nessie is the fact that it is this mythical monster. If you want to call Nessie like a lake monster, like one of those worms um, from, you know, the, the older tales, a dragon, a wyvern, whatever you want to call it, something closer to that. But that's where I think that we're really going to find these, you know, mythical beasts is places that aren't easy to access or easy to see. I mean, ultimately, like you said, like the road, the more eyes we have on something, the more we know about it. So we know a hell of a fucking lot about what goes on on farms or on a beach because we can see everything going on there. We can study it, every aspect of it whatsoever. And I'd even go as far as to say that even the deepest lakes in the world, we know a whole fucking lot about them because they're not that deep, even the deepest ones. And we get to know, you can see and observe a lot of things through them. The places I think that are more likely to hide species that we've never understood before are places like the deep, deep, thick jungles we've never researched before. When we find new species mm -hmm. every year, which we do, it's usually in the deep jungles that we've had never researched before. It's usually, you know, small insects and things, but it's, you know, animals you haven't seen before. If you go into the deep jungles of India, you find um, mammals that we thought were extinct for a hundred years. And it turns out that they're still around. We just haven't seen them. And if you go into the deep depths of the ocean, we find animal species that we never even knew existed, but where we don't find them, is our backyards that we've been living at for a hundred years. I mean, we don't find shit where it's, we should already have seen it by now. I'll hear that Bigfoot is in the mountains somewhere. We haven't seen them. I'll hear that the Kraken is deep in the Marianas trench. And I'll hear that there's some kind of crazy uh, dragon that lives deep in the jungle, the Amazon. I won't fucking hear that there's a dinosaur in a lake in Scotland. We would have fucking seen it by now if it was there. And it's not there, unfortunately for us. Yeah. So to, to kind of like solidify what you just said is that this is a quote from Daniel Cohen from 1970. Who's Daniel 19... Cohen? I don't fucking know, man. Oh, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> I thought he was a Loch Ness guy. Uh, he is. He's a subject matter expert on the oh. Loch Ness Monster. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so yeah, he's, he's the guy who's... Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but do we know what he is? Raise your hand if this is going fuzzy. We good? We good? While there are many people who do not believe that the Loch Ness Monster exists, there is practically no one who would not be overjoyed to find out that it did. Daniel Cohen. Agreed. I agree with Mr. Cohen in that aspect. If Everyone we find out that there was a there was a literal giant, who I don't know, let's say five thousand pound plesiosaur mm. living in Loch Ness, we'd all be fucking ape shit. That would be know. awesome. That would be amazing. Yeah, I really would be. Even to find any kind of ancient animal like that that that's been surviving all this time, we didn't even know it. I mean, that's what the giant squid was. They've been around for you know. I don't know how long the squid's been around, but I think it's probably over a million years the giant squids existed and we just didn't know about it. It's been, it's been here the whole time. It's yeah. 
you know i hope we do find more animals like that in in the future because i think that at least you and i for sure and probably most people who enjoy podcasts about weird shit like this we we want to find it we want we want to know we want to know what's up might be time to give our final thoughts and you know yeah. give Nessie a send-off that she deserves I think so too so what could Nessie be um it could be a plesiosaur it could be a turtle it could be a seal it could be a mm-hmm. um an eel it could be there's so many things it could be or yeah could be there's nothing. eels who be... live in the lock as well they're not as large as that but they do have eels there too you know? yeah there are a lot of things that are actually in the lock um the original setting was likely to be a hoax um uh, the lock is very, very, very deep. Could it sustain life for something so big as something that is, what, three gorillas could bench press? I'm not sure. I'm not an expert. I haven't been there. It's murky. It's fucked up. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's been a lot of people who's been seeing something for a hun- couple hundred years. I think something is to it. Do I know it if it's something that's quite like a plesiosaur or something close to it? I'm not sure. Um, I do know that 1933 was a pivotal year. There wasn't a whole lot of sightings until then. There was a road that went through there and all of a sudden people are having more traffic to an area where there might be something more paranormal is not even the word. It's just that this is a blood creature that, uh, you know, is like an alligator or a, uh, you know, other type of dinosaur that actually is real. Mm-hmm. And no one even really saw it that much until then. There was a couple of incidences throughout the past thousand years of children eating or children getting eaten by this thing or bit or whatever it is. But it's not, it's not defined because no one really goes there that much. Right. And now people are going there more. Now we can see it's sightings. always been here. We just didn't see it enough. And now there's more people going to the lock. We can see the monster because we're all here now. Bingo, bango, baringo. Joe said it perfectly. So that's my thought. I'm not sure what to say about that. And now since then, again, during the construction, dynamite, these things are kind of getting agitated. They're kind of, their natural habitat is getting fucked up. They're starting to surface themselves more. We're seeing it more. Um, and then now it's, you know, it's been 80, 90 years since then. We're not seeing a whole lot. I've never seen any legit actual sightings since the 30s or 40s. Not sure that. what's up. Right? Well, who knows? So that's my theory on this is that if there was a Loctus monster, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't have been a, uh, been actually been there um, at that time. It's not a plesiosaur, but something, something was there. Joe, I hear that for sure. Be? Yeah, I, I think that uh, I never heard the um, the story of the them building the road, and I definitely think that the concept of people, more witnesses, means more sightings, means more information we have. So the more people that could get eyes on the lock to see the monster or potentially monsters, as you alluded to, which maybe there is more than one. Um, then that's going to, you know, increase the reporting. So it's not just the fact that, you know, people are sensationalizing the story. If you have more people looking for something, you're more likely to find it. But I'm going to piggyback on that concept and use it to say, why the fuck haven't we found it yet? Now it's easier for anyone to go to Loch Ness and it's more popular than it was in 1933. Even it has a higher tourist rate than it did in 1940, 1950. People still go, people still visit. And now people all have the extra point 
of having one of these in their pocket. And this is always fucking me up with cryptids because the most information we ever have, the photographs, videos on cryptids, is back when getting a film camera would have cost you about $20,000 and it would weigh 100 pounds on your shoulder. So filming Bigfoot or getting footage of Nessie in the 50s would have been an unmanageable task. You'd have to be part of a news team or a movie uh, film set. That's how you can get this information. And we still have some pictures from then. But now that everyone that you know and even children have video cameras, they can't quite snap a picture of Nessie now on the Loch Ness. It, that's just, that takes it out of uh, for me. And that's why I'm doubling down when I say in the deepest jungles, in the darkest depths of the ocean, there might still be monsters uh, waiting for us there that we can't see yet. But I don't believe that there's any cryptids hanging out in popular tourist areas because if they ever got a picture of them in 1965 with a black and white polaroid they can get them now on tiktok and you get a lot of more followers with a picture of nessie in the background photobombing your picture and that's just it i mean the more witnesses like you said more chances to see it less evidence less info the more we have chances to find something the more likely we'll find it and if it becomes less and less likely we're finding it that means it's less and less likely it was a fucking there to begin with so that's all i think about nessie but to wrap things up like i said i think there are creatures that we don't know about yet that could be as mysterious as the kraken or as wild as as a uh, river monster that we don't know about yet and um they just are are in places we can easily find them and we haven't not found them because we were trying too hard or it's a paranormal energy surrounding it stopping you from seeing it as, as if you don't believe it's more likely that um they're in places that we can't easily see them and no one with a smartphone can film it on a weekend. It's just not going to happen. For all of our guests, for everyone we watch every day, this is the Dylan Joe Basement Podcast. You stay tuned for next week because we don't know what the hell is going on. And, and actually, quite frankly, if you guys make it to the end of this, if you decide you want to be the guest, we'll make it work around you. So if you yeah. want to be the guest... We don't discriminate when it comes to guests. We'll take I know. Anybody. If you... If you We'll have a poll, but if you want to get a poll going on Instagram, can we? No. But overall, if you guys see this and you want to be on the spotlight, we'll we'll work with you. I'm dying to have someone new. We're trying to have someone else. Wrap up the show. Wrap up the show. Thanks, guys. This is the Dylan Joe Basement Podcast. We love you guys. See you next week, next Wednesday, next Thursday, whenever we're done fucking. (laughs) So to our followers, Charlie Sheen did an expedition expedition in 19... Oh, sorry, 19. In 2013 to go explore... That recently, huh? It was very recent. And he got really hooked. Up. Charlie Sheen, the Charlie Sheen we know from Two and a Half Men, he got hooked on the Loch Ness Monster. And he wanted to know, he's going he's gonna to say, hey, I'm Charlie Sheen. Let's get to the bottom of this. Um, for me, I mean, I personally am usually biased towards something more supernatural. And fuck. Good, okay. All right. So um, I'm usually more biased towards something that there's fucking A. <laughs> It's like as soon as you get comfortable, it starts buzzing. It's, I don't. I have no idea what it is. I and even even that. Charlie Sheen couldn't figure it out. Even the tiger blood and all couldn't find the, the Loch Ness yeah. monster. Um, and was confirmed to be a place of evil. <laughs>
Oh, your um, mic's buzzing like crazy. What? Oh, yeah. It kept doing it what like now? we were talking last time. What I don't know. It, it's it's got to be the cord moving or something. I have no idea. It's fine now. My ring. How about now? How about now? It's fine. Okay, I'm going to keep my ring away from it because that might be... Maybe, I'm not sure. Actually, I'm going to just take it off. So, um... It's, it's all good. I appreciate the feedback. So, um, talk about feedback, <laughs> right? So, oh, so we're gonna reach out to Charlie Sheen. Charlie, we think that uh, we're calling you out, Charlie. Joe, what do you have to say to Charlie Sheen right now? I say, first of all, you're a hell of an actor. Were. <laughs> <laughs>